0: Every sports fan knows it's not about how you start the season. It's about how you finish. At MyBookie 2020 finishes strong with NFL, college football, and the return of NBA action. Sign up today to receive a halfway deposit match up to $1,000. And while you're at it, ring in the holidays with six days of giveaways. You heard it here first. From December 21st to December 26th, MyBookie's hooking players up with free bets, casino chips, and blackjack tournaments with huge cash prizes. And it's all week long. To get in, on the action it's simple sign up make your first deposit and enter promo code zabe charlie zulu alpha bravo echo to claim your bonus and start taking advantage of the holiday freebies head over to my bookie and discover this year's batch of fun on-site promotions and win big with six days of giveaways this holiday season bet with the best bet with my bookie Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie. Today on the ZabeCast, how fast and deep are the NFL waters of the NFL? Dwayne Haskins went from a stripper party in a hotel after a loss to being cut and having his career basically ended in a week. Kevin Brandt, a.k.a. The Professor, joins me to talk Packers, Quadzilla, and, of course, psychotic lone bombers. All that, plus the most expensive train wreck in history. Your 35-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Oh, ho, 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 ho. Here we go! <music> Tuesday, December twenty-nine. 2020, and just like that, Dwayne Haskins is no longer a member of the Washington football team. Wow. Ron Rivera's big gamble, Riverboat Ron, comes up snake eyes. Lost the game, lost it badly, lost it with Haskins, and now they've had to cut him anyway. Not a good choice by Old Riverboat Ron, unless, and this was brought up to be my Mr. X as I called him to get his address because I think he's going to win the Whiskey League. And I'm like, I want this bottle of whiskey out the door tomorrow morning, if at all possible. I said, What'd you think of the Haskins thing? And he said, Look, I've seen this before a number of different ways in different places. Men basically want to avoid two things at all costs, getting fired and getting totally in deep with their wife. And so they do things that are usually tailored towards those results. And in the case of Rivera, he probably knew that Dwayne was going to shit the bed that he didn't have a proper week of preparation, that he was not playing or feeling the confidence a quarterback needs because he had been humiliated the week before. He probably knew he was going into the game with a less than ideal situation. He might have said to himself, you know what? I bet we could win this game with Taylor Heineke. But he wasn't going to start him because if he started Taylor Heineke and if Taylor Heineke shit the bed and Dwayne Haskins sat there and then, Had a, you know, just his arms folded like, you know, I could have played in this game. Then guess who looks like the shithead? Ron does. He kind of looks like the shithead for not setting a tone with the culture. And then letting Dwayne still be on the team and giving him the start and then seeing everything unfold the way it did. But not as big of a shithead as Dwayne does. And to me, I go, okay, I kind of get that now. That sort of does make sense. So Dwayne Haskins will be available to be picked up by NA NFL team. I doubt they will because they would be on the hook for his remaining money, which I've heard is between 4 and $6 million of dead cap money. It's not that big a deal considering that Alex Smith is going to carry some significant dead cap money unless they decide to bring him back under his current deal, which is like $25 million a year. So there's going to be a lot of dead cap money on the Wolfskins books for next year. And there are no good options out there at quarterback. I mean, there'll be some options. Are they good options? I don't know. And they're going to be too far out of the draft to get anybody they really want. Everyone's talking about the Borman Manziel, this kid from BYU, Zach Wilson. And I haven't watched him close enough to form an opinion, which would likely be completely inaccurate because we're all very inaccurate from the couch. But um, they're not going to be able to draft a quarterback. And I do not want to move up to get a quarterback. So what are the options at quarterback for next year? Not great, Bob. There's not much there. Late first, mid first. You take a reach, do a flyer. What do you, what do, you do? Who's going to play the position for you? Kyle Allen is probably going to be the guy next year. And it's probably going to be painful when it's all said and done. But the Dwayne Haskins thing is yet again another example of how these things end for the Redskins or the Wolfskins under Daniel M. Snyder. I sent this tweet out in a thread, and it went as follows. You can read me on Twitter, at Zave. This is a good one here. Ready? I said, every big idea at quarterback by this owner ends up like a train going off a bridge over a gorge. More on that after KB. First, there was Jeff George. And I went and I pulled up the bite or I pulled up the news article from ESPN.com with a Len Pasquarelli byline (laughs) on the side. George had no chance. (laughs) And it's of Marty Schottenheimer saying after two weeks, you know what? I got to cut him. I thought I could make it work, I couldn't. Jeff George was Dan Snyder's. Big idea. After they came close with Brad Johnson the year before in 99, the first year that Dan owned the team, he's like, oh, Jeff George is available. Let's go get him. George and the Redskins had about scored 67-3 to in the two losses so far. Jeff George, done after two weeks. I said, then it happened with McNabb. McNabb signs this big, flashy new extension. Contract extension with the team, middle of the season, after he had been traded from Philly here, and then he gets benched at the end of the season. He'll be the number two quarterback against the Cowboys, said the article, then dropped to number three behind Grossman and John Beck for the final two games of the season. After that, Shanahan said, I told him I cannot guarantee you'll be back next year. McNabb's agent, Fletcher Smith, told ESPN that the Redskins' decision was, quote, disrespectful to Donovan he has not been more disrespected his whole career than this year it's absolutely ridiculous turns out they were right because McNabb went to Minnesota for a six-round pick didn't do anything and then was out of the league then there was RG3 RG3 after his injury after he came back all in for week one ends up getting benched for the final three games of the year while completely healthy because Shanahan said he needed to be ready for the off-season program. Unbelievable. And I'm not even counting the bad endings with quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins had a two-year-long running sort of poker hand with the team called Franchise QB Poker He was holding a flush, the team and Bruce Allen was holding a pair of sixes, and Kirk didn't blink, and he was gone. I won't even include the time that Dan's big idea at quarterback was to do a sneak selection of Patrick Ramsey when Steve Spurrier had literally left the draft room to go play golf. And, of course, there was the terrible karma on Dan's big idea to go get Alex Smith, now expendable because of the rise of Patrick Mahomes, and squeeze out five, six good veteran years from him, it was not a terrible idea. But the God stepped in and snapped Alex Smith's leg. And it's the one time he couldn't actually blame the outcome, at least, on Dan. But now we've got the ending of the RG3 thing, or excuse me, the Twain Haskins thing, and this is how it always ends. This is how it always ends with Dan's big ideas. He cannot in any way, shape, or form be involved In the choosing of the next quarterback of this team. Otherwise, it's going to keep on ending like this like a train going off a bridge over a steep gorge into a river. And I will tell you more about that after our guest today. All right, this is such a great intro song, yet I must say as a disclaimer, Mad Dog Russo is not joining us tonight on the ZabeCast. I got somebody better than he is, but it's not Mad Dog Russo who uses this very song, the great Bruce Springsteen, with Radio Nowhere. It is instead Kevin Brandt, a.k.a. KB, a.k.a. The Professor, A.K.A. the guy who invented the name Quadzilla for A.J. Dillon of the Packers.
1: Actually, Zay, man, it's good to be with you. Actually, um, I chose Radio Nowhere not because of Mad Dog Russo, but basically because it sums up my radio career <laughs> for the most part. This is
0: and a great song, by the it. way. Let's let's take a listen oh, here. Yo, right. nowhere. nowhere. Is there anybody alive out there? I think we've all felt that way at times, right? Well, uh,
1: I, you know, I do uh, most of the time on the show. Uh,
0: did you guys? Nonetheless, you and you to, and Drew, have- you and Drew, did the post game on Sunday night. And normally, a late post game, especially on a snowy night in Wisconsin, on a Sunday night holiday weekend. Nobody's driving around in their cars, right? Did you feel like you were alone no. or was the post-game show hopping because it was such a big statement win?
1: I mean, we had um, we had pretty good response from people because they were all pumped up and that was a big deal. And, of course, we're on with uh, Corey Benke and Aaron Nagler from right. Cheesehead TV, Aaron, who you have on your show. And um, so they have a nice built-in – audience that comes over and we right. simulcast here and on the che- cheesehead TV channel. And I, I just want to say that, um, post game shows, when you listen to other radio stations, they just blow. Okay. Cause it's some, <laughs> it's very dry, know, it's isn't it? J- it's dry. yeah. It's some jabroni that has never played the game that, you know, that'd be you has, uh, has, right. He's gotten <laughs> in the radio and then they start breaking down sequences in a certain quarter and, it's just Nagler and Banky and Drew and I, just talking like we were in a bar, right? And uh, I mean that's what it, we're not going. Hey, in this sequence, did you see that? I think uh, my, I think my comment last night to Nagler and Banky when they brought up Devonte Adams was sweet Jesus.
0: Now, <laughs> what are you,
1: I mean, are you going to get that from anybody else? But I do have to give Drew credit, because it was Drew that came up with the name Quadzilla.
0: Oh, it was. Okay. I just,
1: yeah, I just hopped on it, and I've been in the A.J. Dillon camp since day one. And uh, Well, it's been a lonely like those- camp
0: since he didn't get money carries early on, missed five games due to COVID. I think the Coronas found those juicy quads of his and said, oh, we're settling in here. This is rich, fertile territory.
1: Apparently, you know, from what we heard from people up there, he had it pretty bad, and so, and then he came back. Now he's got fresh legs. The guy was a monster, you've got to admit.
0: Oh, yeah. He was just a beast. And look, and Nagler has always defended this front office in how they draft and who they draft, even when their first-round picks don't play for a year or so. And this is where he and I fundamentally differ. Like I said, Rashawn Gary didn't play last year as a first-round pick for the most part. That's bad. First-rounders should play right away, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So you lose a year of cheap productivity, and it's not ideal. But Gary is coming on and coming on. He's playing a lot now, and he's making plays. So that's good. Dylan may be in the same camp. I still, though, KB, will not be able to be happy with the, the, the love pick the love pick at quarterback to me is going to be one of the all time wasted number ones.
1: Well, that's what a lot of people said about Aaron Rodgers too. Who knows? And he may not even be, you know, the Packers have picked so many quarterbacks over the years. You know, they got, Oh, Brent Hundley, the guy from UCLA is going to be the man coming out. And, and he's going to, he's going to assume the role when Aaron Rodgers is gone. That's where the torch is going to be passed. And he turned out to be a train wreck, you know, and the, it's not like under Holmgren where you had this cavalcade of stars that were coming out from the number two spot and having good careers. Matt Hasselbeck, right? Yeah. Aaron Brooks was serviceable. Mark Brunel had a fairly good career. You had um that's
0: that-, that said though, here's the thing. Your quarterback is about to have an MVP. By the way, do you think he's gonna be the M V P?
1: You know, we were talking about it today, and we were looking at the numbers, and it's like, how can't he be? I mean, he's got 10 points higher than Mahomes on his quarterback rating. He's completing over 70% of his passes. Yeah. The only thing, he's got five more touchdowns, six more touchdowns, one fewer interception, and the only thing that Mahomes has over him is he's flashier. Yeah. His team's got a better record, but, again, it's a team. And he's got more yards.
0: Yeah. And it's but a media award. You say, how t- could he not get the award? The answer is simple. It's a media-given award. And the media likes the flashy things. Do you know the betting odds are now overwhelmingly in favor of Rogers winning the MVP, whereas four weeks ago, it was flipped.
1: Well, sure. The only one who wins out of this thing is State
0: Farm Insurance, but I mean, save—it <laughs> yes. is the State Farm are, thing. I do mean, you care, by the way? Do you care if he's the MVP? As a lifelong Packer fan,
1: yeah, you always want to see your guy be an MVP, okay. and
0: he's no, 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 no. That's not—that's you know, different from caring. You saying you always want to see it. I want to know if yes, you care. If well, he I, doesn't win, are you going to be pissed like Armin?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know okay. what? No, if he doesn't win, will I be pissed? No, if he does win, I'm going to be very excited <laughs> okay. because there are two things that happened that led to this. And it's a, it's a two headed snake. One is the drafting of Jordan love, which probably got stuck in his craw, And number two, he says, he finally it, kicked Danica out the door.
0: Yeah. Well, he says the drafting of Jordan love didn't motivate him anymore. He's like, nah, yeah, okay. man, I'm a pro. Come on. Yeah. Now. You, you don't buy that. Yeah. And then, no, that right. taking
1: Alex Smith over him too, that didn't bother okay. at all. And so then, how about
0: how I about the Danica some... thing? Tell me why you think the Danica thing has cleared his mind.
1: Okay. And you know me well enough, yes. Zabe, when um that I tend to be, you know, a little bit, I don't know, cynical, perhaps. As soon as Danica moved in and there was a story that broke, this was pre Zabe on the game. There was a story that broke that said Danica has moved in and she wants, she was on like Ellen or the view or the talk or the talking Ellen. And I don't know what the shit the it was. Talking but, Ellen. Uh, um, and she said, yes, I've moved in with Aaron Rodgers, and I set up a dream catcher room in one of his spare rooms. And I went done. That is <laughs> over. And I actually said it on the air. I go, that is trouble. A
0: dream right catcher room.
1: She makes dream catchers apparently and uh, for those that don't you know,
0: know dream catchers are those ornate yarn spider webs that are made yeah. I think I think it's a Native American tradition yeah. and you hang them over your bed or over your door and they are in theory they catch your dreams like a spider web catches flies
1: yes. And, you know, apparently one of her dreams was not to win an auto race. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> it's brutal, so, so brutal things didn't work. The Anna Kornikova of auto racing. But
0: uh, uh, by the way, they, they, bo- Rogers, they on July 16th, they broke up in July or sometime thereabouts. A rep right for Patrick told page six that the former race car driver and the NFL star were, quote, no longer together.
1: Okay, fine. Whatever. You know, I I wasn't a big fan of hers to begin with. I have a friend who owns an indie racing team, and he doesn't have anything good to say about her. So um, (laughs) she's she's not a she's not a popular gal. Um, But uh, whatever
0: the case, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, Zabe. I mean, you're you're in sports journalism. You're on the radio talking sports. Not a journalist. What's the better? Yeah, but what's the better narrative? Okay, Mahomes back to back or Rogers who gets scorned by his team because they drafted his replacement (laughs) and he steps up and says, I'll show you. Yeah. I'm going to be at 37 years old. I'm going to win the MVP and stuff it up your ass. I think that's the better story. If you're going for the story and the media is going for the story, what's going to have more legs.
0: Your partner, Drew is always chasing these stories because he is a journalist. He is a writer. And as all writers say, I root for my own lead. I don't root for a team uh-huh. or a game. I just think I've flipped on this because I was banging the Rogers MVP drum for much of the year. And then I watched right. Mahomes for a couple of weeks and I'm like, this dude is next level. He plays with a, a virtuoso's improvisational genius, like a jazz saxophonist that you've never heard before. The way that Mahomes plays is better than Rodgers. But then he had a couple okay. of shit games. And then Rodgers kept going, and all of a sudden, the odds to win the MVP flipped, perception flipped. Maybe I'm back on Rodgers. I don't know. They're both great. I know this. You'll never get to Jordan Love because the modern NFL with the contracts being what they are, you'd have to carry him for five years because Rodgers will play four more years after this. Easy. Easy. He'll be he may, 41. Yeah. He doesn't get touched. KB, did you see how clean his jersey was in the snow?
1: He hasn't. He hasn't been uh, this year. He hasn't been touched. Last year, he got beat around pretty bad. But I'm telling you, this Green Bay team is. And I said this to Nagler and Banky two weeks ago. I go, this team is sneaky dominant. I mean, they're so stealth. They they do it quietly and and uh, Rogers is like that guy who's got a shiv hidden in his boot and you don't see it coming
0: <laughs> and he just
1: walks into the sure. bar coolly and the next thing you know three people are dead and he's out the door yeah it's I mean that's just how it is and it's, it's
0: so this actually, is a this is a Super Bowl team on the John racket. T- this Boone so, says it is. Yeah. so Absolutely. And he they there the two of them. Yeah, exactly. And and he's hoisted the trophy on both of them. So, uh, final question before we pivot to what I called you for yeah. tonight, which is the bomber in Nashville. Because, by the way, oh. KB, KB was the first guy I thought of. And I'm like, ooh, lone bomber. I know a guy <laughs> who's seen way exactly. too many TV specials about okay. lone bombers. So, hold that thought. You know what? Hold okay. that thought. I'll get to it. All so, right. here's the exit question of the Packers. With this special team, is the city of Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the county, Brown County, going to really not let any fans in on the way to a potential Super Bowl?
1: I don't know, man. That's just, I thought they would have by now. And we were talking about it today on the show.
0: The numbers are it's plummeting. The numbers are plummeting in Wisconsin. The peak is well past. This is how viruses work. They go up, they go down. What are they waiting for? They gave they gave the first responders tickets to the yes. game. You saw mm-hmm. a very limited number. And my first thought was, KB, how dare they put those first responders in mortal danger of, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait a minute. It's too dangerous to let regular fans in, but we're gonna let first responders in as a thank you. <laughs> no, Fucking square on, that Dave, circle know. for me. Square that hey, thing. Hey,
1: Zabe, Zabe, you know this, that you and I are on the same side of this, is that, you know, I don't deny <laughs> I don't deny that the virus isn't dangerous. I don't deny that it's not real. I don't deny that it's highly contagious, but the virtue signaling is it's out of control media hypocrisy that's what drives me insane right. and you look I looked at it last night they only had a few people in there and great it was good for them and they were allowed to space out but the, the this is the first thing that crossed my mind all those people that didn't get 15 bucks an hour that would have been there at six in the morning with their shovels yeah. just got screwed <laughs> right because oh, that's another to the
0: out the, it's another great right, tradition is that fans the fans shovel right. out the stadium for 15 bucks an hour. When a lot of them would do it for free, and,
1: act- and actually, exactly they would. Now, do you know the? Just a, a an aside on that: that when they started doing this, they were uh, paying the people in check. Yeah. And now the guy walks out with a basically a briefcase full of cash, cash. and and hands it out because all the people were keeping the checks. Yeah, as a souvenir.
0: Yeah, they, yeah, wanted, to say, souvenir, they like, wanted to say they want to say, look, one hundred and forty-five dollars and zero zero cents for my five hours of shoveling at Lambeau Field to get the game ready for an NFC Championship game. I would never cash this check. I want to frame this. This is my love. It's like for this franchise, it's like Ricky and this team.
1: Henderson, Ricky Henderson, right? Yeah. He got his first check for a million. He framed it, and finally the team had to say, "Ricky, you want to cash that?" <laughs> Ricky never had a hundred a million dollar check. Yeah, okay. We'll tell you like, cash it. We'll give you another one. <laughs> All right. Because it's messing up our. All
0: right. Let's hope, let's hope. Let's hope. And look, I'm not saying fill the place. I'm saying there's been fans in oh, various Kansas City. Kansas City started the year with fans. They're ending the year with fans. About twenty percent. There's no goddamn reason it, every team can't do that. No. And we'll see. We'll there's see if the NFL people. I know. We'll see if the NFL has the balls to go, you know what, now that's the playoffs, we're going to let some fans in. We'll see. Okay. Uh, let's pivot. Pivot to the topic mm-hmm. du jour, which is the Nashville Christmas morning bomber. Wow. There is so many I mean, layers to this thing. First of all, thank God nobody was killed. Three people were one injured. One oh, one per- Well, yeah, he was. <laughs>
1: Well,
0: yeah, but... Was one person besides the bomber killed? No. Okay, he had an RV... my knowledge. He had an RV that looked like he was right out of Breaking Bad, and it was playing over loudspeakers. It first started playing gunfire to attract the attention of police. It then played a warning message, there's about to be an explosion, and then it played that classic song, Downtown, which was the focus of one of the more infamous Seinfeld episodes?
1: Yes, it wow. was. Wow, uh, it—you know—when this happened, and then you said, "Hey, you want to do my podcast?" You're the first person I thought of. I, you know, I didn't know to be whether or not to be honored to be on the podcast, or you know, a little bit disturbed because you you asked me. But when I first heard of this, actually. I attend, I try to not watch the news because me too. So it just makes me angry. Yeah. And I saw it on Twitter, and I saw the explosion taken from the security camera of a building that was right across the street. And um, then I started digging into it. And the first thing that I thought of, of course, as everybody does, is – and I saw the RV out there. And I first thing I thought of, okay, well, this is a middle-aged or older white guy. Um, not because I was necessarily profiling, but there's nobody else except a middle-aged white guy who would drive that RV.
0: Correct. <laughs> Correct.
1: You know that. I mean, that's it. And then, as uh, I started thinking about it, and they started talking about this whole thing with five G, and that's yeah. why he parked it by the AT and T building. And you've been to Nashville. I've been to Nashville quite a bit. I, I have not exactly been. I, have, I have not
0: been to Nashville. A really? gross hole in my resume that when the world finally stands up again and fucking marches, I plan to go there and have a hootin' good time. Continue.
1: Good. You can go with Drew and I. But when you see these bomber things, right, and I'm fascinated, and that's how one of the things that we got off on the same uh, foot with months and months and months ago was, I believe I sent you the Unabomber's manifesto. Manifesto.
0: And you just said to me, you said, read it. Read this. Read it and keep an open mind. What well, he did, said, what he did was. I don't agree with his it, tactics, <laughs> but man, he was onto something. And you know what? I, I read it and I highlighted it, and I had it next to my bed. And then I couldn't wait to talk to you the next day, going, "Oh, and then there's this, and then there's this, and then there's that." It read like a a time capsule from the future is what it read like. It was. It was modern-day
1: Nostradamus talking about technology taking over and how technology is going to create distance between people and not bring them together. And you take a look at what's happening right now on social media, all it's doing is making people angry and hate each other. He's flat-out fucking nailed.
0: So so do you believe... This one is... This one's interesting. So I tend to believe on its face what it looks like. Disgruntled middle-aged weirdo white guy who read too many chat room forums about 5G and it causing cancer or being used to spy on Americans and then decided to do something about it, which was to blow up the AT&T facility in downtown Nashville. Sounds plausible to me, but I've seen a lot of conspiracy theories going, that was a missile that hit him. That was not an explosion. <sighs>
1: yeah. Yeah, okay. And 9-11 was an inside job. You <laughs> go with I that. Um, what do you think? Well, well, what I think, you know, first of all, I, I'm fascinated by um, FBI profilers. If I knew they were around, I would love, you know, to consider pursuing that as a career. But I don't even know. It was a little not bit late for you. That's just
0: no offense. I know. A bit I just
1: love. I love the the whole chess game. Oh yeah, you know, it just fascinates me. And so when I started reading about this and not knowing anything, I mean, it's just me is a guy that has read a lot about bombers and coincidentally on Christmas Eve, my wife and I watched Richard Jewell.
0: Oh, on HBO. the movie. Yeah. Yes.
1: And, uh, you know, that guy, well, I'm, we're not, that's an entirely different animal. Uh, but then I see this and I start looking at it and this is only knowing what I know from, you know, McVeigh or Carlton Armstrong or, Uh, who's
0: Carlton Armstrong or
1: any of the uh, Carlton Armstrong in the early seventies to protest the Vietnam war with a couple of the guys blew up the uh, math and science building, killing a bunch of people at the university of Wisconsin. So it's pretty, Oh shit. It's pretty pop. Yeah. And these guys were all pretty outspoken, but then there's a couple other things. And this was the odd thing was that most of the bombers that have done stuff don't kill themselves in the bombing. Good point. So I'm going, okay, you know, Kaczynski didn't, you know, he bombed and he left. McVeigh didn't. He bombed and he got out of there. He dropped the bomb and, you know, Carlton Armstrong. Most of these guys don't blow themselves up. The suicide bombers for a cause, you know, as we know with the Middle Eastern terrorists, have we've seen, you know, the suicide bombers and the bomber, uh, the suicide vests, okay, that tends to be, you know, their modus operandi. But this guy was, he must have been in the RV, right? So now I'm sitting here going, huh, I wonder if he was going to, he was looking at a two for one, okay? It's like, I got to check out. I might as well take something with me that's it's pissing me off because normally they don't. You know yeah it's normally
0: it but here's the thing I think most people are cowards so they don't really want to die unless they are extremely highly usually but not always religiously motivated to die
1: it it doesn't appear as if he was
0: if you're smart enough by the way building a bomb it takes smarts and you oh, only yeah. get you only get one chance to get it right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's no testing. That's <laughs> right. They're like, you know, all right, testing. what does this do? I mean, there there might be some testing in in a, uh, you know, if you live in rural parts of the country and you can do some R&D, but it still takes testing. And then as soon as you start Google searching for how to make a bomb, you are usually on somebody's radar. i I got to believe. Don't you think well, you our know, intelligence agencies – Have a deal with Google that if you type in how to make a bomb, you show up?
1: Oh, sure. I mean, absolutely, they've got everything on us. And, of course, Nashville, I think the first place that I'm looking is I'm going to every fertilizer store and looking for anyone who's bought any ammonium nitrate.
0: Well, that's the thing. It was a huge explosion. So what was the source material? It had to be. Do we know yet? I've not read any no, stories. I no,
1: I haven't. Not seen that, but it was—it was definitely Oklahoma City. You know, big.
0: Oh, I mean, it was pretty. It much was big, almost as big. I would bet Oklahoma almost. City was bigger. Oh yeah, because he but, had a whole. I mean, it was right there. McVeigh had a whole U-Haul truck full of it. Right. Right. Uh, By the way, the best ever bomb scene in a movie is this.
1: It's not like I have a bomb in here. It's not like I want to blow up the plane. I just want to stow my bag according to your safety regulations. (laughs) Sir. Hey, Hey. sir. if you would take a second and take a little sticks out of your head, clean out your ears, and maybe you would see that I'm a person who has feelings, and all I have to do is do what I want to do, and all I want to do is hold on to my bag and not listen to you. And the only way that I would ever let go of my bag would be if you came over here right now and tried to pry it from my dead lifeless fingers. Okay? If you can get it from my Kung Fu grip, then you can come and have it. Okay? Otherwise, step
0: off, bitch. (gasps) Get off of me. Get off of me. Meet the parents. (laughs) Bom, oh, bomb, bomb, you were
1: acting like a maniac I, and you threatened her with a bomb. No, I said I didn't have a bomb. You said bomb. I said it's not like I have a bomb. You said bomb on an airplane. What's wrong with saying bomb on an airplane? You can't say bomb on an airplane. Pul- bomb, 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 yeah. bomb, 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 You going to arrest me?
0: You assaulted an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. All right, so there's that. Um Some of the other ones. My, so Richard Jewell was not the bomber. Do you remember who the bomber was in Atlanta?
1: Yeah, what the heck was his name? He was he bombed a bunch of other places, boy. And I just looked it up the other day. Uh, was it Anders something? Um, and he was not a good bomber. Eric he, he Eric, a- Eric Eric Rudolph.
0: He had uh, exploded four bombs in Atlanta and was found hiding out in the mountains. Uh, so they, they they were looking for him for a long time. But but the movie Richard Jewell was it good? Should I watch it?
1: I would watch it and um it was it was pretty compelling. They definitely uh, tried
0: to frame the, his ass, didn't they?
1: Oh yeah. That was the whole that was the whole premise behind it was how they tried to frame him. And there are a couple of real compelling characters in the way that they played it out. One was John Hamm playing the FBI agent who is the lead and um how he was trying to cover his own ass because the woman who played by Olivia Wilde, who was the journalist who was the reporter for the um, Atlanta Journal Constitution. Yep, she had basically fucked the information out of John Hamm. <laughs>
0: that <said> that, <laughs> right.
1: No, she did. She went into a bar
0: and. But that's um, not based yeah, on re- that's yeah. not based in real life though. As I recall, well, yeah. there was criticism that it portrayed the media as unethical by doing that, and that she said she never fucked it out of him. Is that well, true or no? Was,
1: well, th- something happened. Though they didn't, they implied (laughs) that. But you started looking into her background and see that this was kind of the way that she played things. And um, she had ended up passing away after of a heroin or morphine overdose. And this was after this whole thing came out. And she had to do her mea culpa and realize she ruined Uh, this guy's life. Right. And, um, but it was really compelling to see exactly how the FBI was not going to back down on this. Now, conversely, it showed exactly what an idiot Richard Jewell was.
0: Because? And,
1: um, because he kept, I mean, he loved law enforcement. And he figured the way they portrayed it, if he cooperated, right, they would see him as an ally. And so he had this attorney who is basically saying through the whole movie just shut your fucking mouth. Don't say a word. Don't say a word. And Richard Jewell, they portrayed him as being very slow.
0: Which he was. And
1: uh, he was and uh, constantly saying things like, uh, you know, I'm just trying to help. You know, I'm law enforcement too.
0: I'm law <laughs> enforcement too.
1: Fucking security um, guard. And, well, they, and they were. And, and as he was doing this, his attorney's going, well, you just shut up. And then they're setting him up and you're watching this unfold. And it's like. Man, oh man, this guy just got railroaded.
0: Did, which they, is why they
1: did get him off. And-
0: which is why a lot of people with this thing in Nashville are going to say, I am not going to totally believe everything they say until I hear more. That the reason people are skeptical is because you look back at that episode with Richard Jewell and realize that big time bureaucratic agencies sometimes just want to railroad a dude, wrap it up, and they don't want to look bad, KB, at the end of the day. Oh, yeah,
1: they got to close.
0: Yeah, right. It doesn't matter if they put an innocent man in jail as long as they look good and get their promotions. So I think there's going to be some people skeptical about this Nashville thing, just for the record.
1: And oh, uh, well, I, I don't disagree. And the I, I love the fact that the neighbors... Then when they interviewed his neighbors, of course, he got the same old thing. Well, he kept to himself. Well, of course he did. He was making fucking bombs. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he keeps, they, they interviewed you know. the
0: neighbors of this guy in Nashville?
1: Yeah. And there was there was a couple that lived next door to him. He was quiet, spent a lot of time alone, had dogs, cared for them. They didn't notice his RV missing and left the driveway. They saw the news, then saw the security footage. Of the RV parked, and they were like, "Holy oh, shit!" Oh shit!
0: And then,
1: and then all of a sudden, they started seeing a lot of traffic and commotion on the street. Now, the mystery is, and uh, my wife and I were having this conversation just before I hopped on. The mystery is going to be number one: who was the woman that recorded it?
0: Meaning Saying, the warning. Step
1: back is going
0: right. Yes.
1: Okay, and he was setting things up. Months
0: and months in advance, he was getting his affairs in order. So this didn't was he give his some time? Didn't he give his much younger his, girlfriend property with for no money at all? He needed his house. Yeah,
1: he he gave her the deed to his house for no money, and she lives in L.A.
0: Of course, giving him and, giving her a Tennessee house in some shitty neighborhood that's like giving her ten grand. It's not that much,
1: right? I mean, <clears throat> now it's not that big of a deal, but um. You know, but then but the thing that keeps eating at me, and I'm gonna follow this now, but it keeps eating at me is that he was in the vehicle. So why that's just not like up why? Yeah. That's the question that I want to answer. Because most of the bombers that you see, they don't. They drop it, they blow something up, they go away, and as they oftentimes say, they return to the scene of the crime because they get off on watching.
0: Here's the song.
1: Everything happened. How fucking creepy is this?
0: Downtown. Blow yourself up in a ratty RV in the downtown. 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 Downtown.
1: then, then I started thinking this is a filmmaker, right? And you know, are they going to make a movie out of this? And If he was trying to kill himself and he knew he was going to do it, I can see this, just this whole creepy scene that would be great for a thriller of this guy sweating, sitting alone in this RV, knowing it's going to blow in minutes. What are his last moments like when he's sitting in there knowing it's like, okay, I've committed to it. This is what we're doing. And he's not going to leave, and you're here in Patula, Clark.
0: <laughs> By the way, remember, okay, the, remember I mean... the Seinfeld episode about this? So,
1: did you get on to payroll? Yes, payroll. Yes, I did. Very productive. Payroll paid
0: off. Well, then I guess you'll be heading downtown then, huh? Oh, yeah. Downtown. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I'm very interested to see how this
1: thing turns out. Yeah, you said it. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Well uh Do you really think.
0: Well,
1: d- 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 is this downtown trip really necessary, you know, f- for the project? Oh, no, you- you've got to go downtown, George. It's all downtown. <laughs> Just like the song says.
0: The song? There's your answer. Downtown. 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 Things will
1: be great. Downtown. The song Downtown? You mean the Petula Clark song? Yeah. You sure he didn't just mention it because you happen to be going downtown? I think he was trying to tell me something. Like it had some sort of a meaning. Okay, so how does it go? When you're alone, and life is making you lonely, you can always go
0: downtown. <laughs> just so stupid. Oh God. I mean, there's just there's so many layers. He didn't. To this thing he that didn't. He obviously didn't want to. He didn't want to kill anybody. Because he picked easily the quietest moment of the year. Agreed?
1: That's it. That was right. If he really wanted to do damage as a political bomber or someone who's bombing for a cause, it would have been at a high traffic time. It would have been when there were a lot of people around.
0: Unless his cause was, fuck the government and their 5G, I got nothing against the people because I'm one of them. I just wanted one of them.
1: That's very well. I just
0: want, I mean, Christmas morning, the quietest time of the entire year. Nobody's out on Christmas morning.
1: Nobody is. And um, he was, um, he had uh, put, like I said, he had put everything in order. He was just, he walked off his job as, of course, what do you think he did for a living? Tech guy. You know, not that I'm going to stereotype, but. No. He, and then went into a side business on his own. Told his boss, "I'm leaving." A few months ago, and then everything put everything into order, and it started going. And uh, it's almost as if it's like one of those, um, like a random shooter, or that goes in and is, and and then ends up killing themselves. Only he didn't do it with a gun. He did it with a something uh, else. He did it with a bomb. And he didn't. He didn't kill anybody else. So. It will be very, very interesting to to see this. I would love to sit in a meeting with a profiler to see what yeah. they you know how they look at this stuff.
0: Exit, exit story, and then we're done tonight. And I appreciate your time, Kate. Okay. On oh, the, thank
1: you. I love this stuff.
0: On the Atlanta bombing. I was a young Cub enterprising radio host at one on one sports in Northbrook, Illinois. It's nineteen ninety six, right? Atlanta Olympics, mm-hmm. and I'm doing updates and I'm doing weekend coverage. And, of course, it's really pre-internet for the most part. It was around the internet, but nobody used it. Couldn't get on it. Nobody had it. And this bombing happens, right? And we're, we're one of the only 24-hour sports radio networks in the country. Even ESPN radio at the time, KB, was not 24 hours. They were like weekends mm-hmm. and overnights. So I get a call from one of the producers who was on the board that morning. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's been a bombing at the Olympics. We got to come in. We got to have you come in and cover it. I simply rolled over and said, ah, there'll be other bombings. I'm going back to sleep. Click. (laughs) And I hung up. And I was right, KB. There were other bombings. I just didn't feel like coming in and putting on my maudlin voice. You go, oh, this is so terrible. Well, oh, my God. What information do we have from Atlanta? I'm like, I'm going back well, to bed. Click. Well, without the internet and
1: without Twitter, and what about you had no information from Atlanta other than. Right, what do I know? United. You would have had to call them. What are you going to do? Right.
0: I, I knew what, it was going to be gonna a do? miserable assignment, so I said, no, nah, that's for somebody else.
1: Nah, I'm good. I'm good. There's going to be other bombings.
0: Well, let's hope you there's know. no other so, bombings, but history says there will be. No. I just hope I'm not around like like all of us hope we're not around when it happens. All right, KB. Well, when you get back, yeah.
1: When you get back in studio, we'll have to see how this uh, unfolds and we can continue this conversation on your morning show on the game.
0: Sounds like a plan. Merry merry happy right. new year and we will see you in the new year. Thanks, KB.
1: All right, say bye-bye. There out. you go.
0: Tomorrow on the Zabe cast I've pulled some sound bites of Dwayne Haskins talking to GQ for a little 10-minute video short titled How I Spent My First Million Dollars in the NFL. It is cringe-tastic now that you know how the Dwayne Haskins era in Washington has ended up.
1: So after Corey, I have like a whole bunch of like Muriel's and like motivational things. I got a weight room. I have like five, six different paintings. Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson. I guess got a Kobe Muriel. I got a whole like poker table of like my favorite rappers with a scar face. It's like Jay-Z, Nipsey, J. Cole, Biggie, Tupac. It's a dope piece. It didn't charge me that much. So I'll probably say another 10 of Corey to paint my basement.
0: But back to the bridge thing, just to close the loop on that. I said every big idea by Dan Snyder at quarterback ends up with a train going off a bridge over a gorge. And I included a little short black and white video of a train over a bridge or on a bridge over a gorge. The The, the bridge is on fire. The train and then plummets into the water. Get this. And thank you to the Twitter account mean streets of McLean. Zabe, that locomotive crash is from Buster Keaton's fantastic 1926 silent film called The General. The shot cost an astounding $50,000 back then to shoot using six cameras. It was the most money ever spent in the silent movie era for one scene. The wreck remained in the river until World War II. When it was finally salvaged for scrap. Wow. Good stuff. And somewhere down there in that scrap is Dwayne Haskins' career. That'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Have yourself a merry little Tuesday on this final couple of days of 2020. I am off both shows due to vacation. Thank you very much for asking. I wish I was on but I could use the rest, as my voice could as well. Thanks for listening. Have a great Tuesday, and we will see you tomorrow. Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie.